so much for listening to another episode of Guidance with Grace. This week we are talking about gut health. And the uh, past couple of weeks, we've been talking about macronutrients and micronutrients, how they relate, and often gut health has come up in the conversation. So this is definitely suitable for where we're at with everything. And we're kind of like in this holiday time frame, almost-ish kind of, you know, with Thanksgiving and just all the treats and things. And oftentimes, our stomachs might be upset. <laughs> we might not be eating things that are... Um, good for us uh, or maybe things that bother us a little bit more. So gut health is definitely an important thing because as the seasons go on, our diets should be changing with seasonal foods. Um, And often they don't. Maybe that's part of what our problems are. But I am sitting next to Paula the pro. (laughs) That's your new name. (laughs) Uh, Paula Gallagher. She uh, is a registered dietitian. She's been on the past couple. Uh, You work here at Columbus State, but you also have your practice outside of here. um, And you kind of specialize in this area. Yeah. So I teach here. I teach uh, human nutrition, but I also own a private practice and uh, I work with a gastroenterologist and I specialize in gastroenterology. So this is my forte. Yeah. So I think gut health (laughs) <laughs> it's it's very broad, I think, because it's hard when you're talking about all the different foods and how they affect our gut health. And, you know, gut health is even tied to different, you know, mental disorders like the common one, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes autism is related to gut health. Um, all of these different things that are happening in our brains and how we feel, it's often tied to gut health. So maybe figuring out what is right for you uh, might help you in the other arena. Right. We have so many foods to choose from and we have so many different diseases of the gut. So trying to figure out which of these foods are related to which of these diseases and how they impact it. um, It is definitely a difficult field and often changing field. um, And, Honestly, I'm really shocked that there's people that walk around that don't have any gut issues because there's so Mm. many things that can go wrong in digestion that it's shocking when something actually goes right. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So I think that like, so we were talking about last episode, what people are trying to figure out what's going on. I think it's a, a big awareness that we have these days with the food sensitivity tests. People I mean, gluten-free, everything is everywhere, and gluten is a big common one. Uh, But what are some of the things that you often see? Because you're talking about don't waste your time, don't waste your money on doing those food sensitivity tests because there's no way to really test if you're sensitive. It's just testing what you have a lot of inside of you. Right. Yeah, definitely don't waste your money on those. That's that's my experience. In fact, when I have patients come in my office and they bring in food sensitivity charts and things like that, I kind of... uh, gently break it to them that they just wasted their money and kind of set those charts Mm. aside and start over one thing to think about though is is sometimes it's not even a food sensitivity it's like did you have a really stressful day uh Mm. did you catch a bug at school did your kid bring home something like food is not always to blame uh it definitely gets blamed way too much it does um it's it's just it's not always the food's fault Mm-hmm. So there could just be something else going on. Um, so, yeah, we don't have a good way to test for food sensitivity. Um, we do have great ways to test for food allergies. So a lot of times with my patients, I'm working on just uh, 
trying to exclude a food for a, s a short amount of time, add it back in, uh, do kind of somewhat different elimination diets. But I definitely recommend that you work with a registered dietitian to mm -hmm. do that yeah. because too often people are cutting out foods, gluten, dairy, peanuts, things like that, that they don't need to cut out. So why live a life where you're not eating gluten if you don't have an issue with gluten? Mm -hmm. So definitely working with a nutrition professional to figure out if you have a sensitivity um, to a food and, and what food that is and how to go about excluding a certain food while still making sure you're getting all your micronutrients and your macronutrients. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, um, you know, like some people, I think they're so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things going on in the gut and you hear a lot of that marketing. Um, one of the things we'll talk about uh, upcoming episodes is fermented foods mm -hmm. and you hear a lot about, yo, you need to have that bacteria in there. You know, you have your probiotics all over the place, yeah. whether it's a pill or if it's in yogurt or whatever. Yeah. You can find it everywhere nowadays. Yeah. But you were talking about maybe not adding it in, but working with what you've got going on. Yeah. So we have prebiotics and we have probiotics. Probiotics, those are the bacteria, the living guys. Those bugs live in our colon. Prebiotics are their food. So they're fast food for our gut bacteria. My issue with probiotics is there are so many different strains of bacteria in so many different concentrations. And probiotics right now are the wild, wild west. We're not really sure which strain in which concentration for which gut symptom. There's definitely some research out there. It's not strong research and it's not conclusive. So I do not often recommend probiotics. There's a few that I recommend to my patients for certain issues. Mm -hmm. Most of the time I'm working with prebiotics. It's like you have trillions of bacteria in your colon, in your large intestines. Let's give them prebiotics and feed them to make sure that those guys are thriving and surviving in the gut rather than trying to take a pill or a supplement to get more in there. Mm -hmm. So we have thousands of different strains of bacteria, but research indicates that each individual only has about 150 different strains in their gut. The 150 strains that you have is likely different than the 150 strains that I have. So to take a, a probiotic supplement, how do I know that those are the strains that my gut needs mm -hmm. or that your gut needs? I don't. So instead, let's work with the 150 different strains, you know, that you have yeah. in there in the concentration of trillions. Let's feed them and make them thrive rather than trying to just add new bugs in there. So when you work with a professional, um, I guess, what's the name of the professional and how do they figure out what gut health you have? How do they figure yeah. out what strains you've got? So um, working with a registered dietitian or a gastroenterologist or some um, other doctors, okay. uh, you can have like a stool test done to see what strains you have, but that's not really common. It's just un unless you're having a gut issue, uh, like we're trying to test for Crohn's or colitis or something like mm -hmm. that, we're not typically running stool analysis. It's just not common practice right now. So there's not really a good um, available way to test it there just isn't an answer, which is why probiotics are so confusing because we're not going to tailor a probiotic supplement to your gut. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not common practice right now. So they're not, there really isn't a, there is a way, 
it's just not common practice to do it. Unless you've got things going on. Exactly. Unless like we're trying to figure out what the heck is going on with your gut. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about the, um, I guess my biggest question is people taking out things they don't need like gluten. Uh, what is your biggest suggestion or takeaway if somebody is experiencing issues, whether it is like the mental side of things like chronic fatigue or something like that, uh, you know, or even depression versus them just taking out all of these things? What's the best approach? Would you say to just go to a gastroenterologist or a registered dietitian and maybe see if your diet is affecting? Yeah, I think trying to find a registered dietitian um, who specializes in gut health it can be challenging, but they are out there. I think that is important. Um, Obviously seeing a gastroenterologist is important too, but they don't have that nutrition piece. So asking Mm -hmm. for the referral to the registered dietitian is important. I am all for taking something out of your diet if it really is making you ill. If gluten Mm -hmm. makes you ill, I am totally good with not eating gluten. Mm -hmm. But what I see happen with my patients is they start by taking gluten out and then they start to feel better and they might feel better for one or two months and then their symptoms come back. So now they take dairy out. Oh, and that worked. I feel a little bit better. I'm going to take dairy and gluten out. Mm. And that works for a few months. And then their symptoms start to come back. So they take the next thing out. So by the time they get to my office, they have a small piece of paper, a post-it note that has the 15 foods that they know that they tolerate, and that's it. Mm. And they're on these crazy restrictive diets where we never really figured out what is the root issue, what is really going on, because you can't just continue to take out and take out In fact, what I see with my patients and what I try to do with my patients is I try to add things back in. It's Mm -hmm. like, let's figure out, you cut out all these things, all these things are not bothering you. Maybe you had ice cream once and you got a really upset stomach afterwards. It might not be all dairy. It might have been a really stressful day. It might have been a day that you were already coming down with something and you had this ice cream and you related your symptoms to the ice cream, you know? Hey, but, I but think we've all been there at right. some point. You blame it on, blame it on the food. Right, right. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's fault. not always the food's fault. So I really think working with a medical professional is important because, um, Food, it brings people so much joy, and it's such a big part of our society that we should not be over-restricting food if we don't need to. Mm -hmm. There it is. Mm -hmm. That's like the huge takeaway, guys, because I think our society has really shifted into this restrictive diet thing. I um, had a little... um, it was like a bachelorette party weekend thing recently. And there were a lot of gals there who don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat that, don't eat that. And this bothers me. So I just avoid it. And I'm like, what is going on? Right. And I'm running into that more and more. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're having all of these other, other things. So did them yeah. taking it all out really help all of their other things? Right. So it's kind of a shift in mentality that I'm encouraging everybody to kind of adopt moving forward is what should I be putting back in? Right. Exactly. It's not always a food sensitivity. It might not even be the food's fault. Right. But our gut does impact so much of our body. It does impact our mental health and our mental state. Um, Our gut really is like our second brain. We have a second brain in there that's controlling a lot of what's going on. And the research right now is booming in the field of gut health. And it's super interesting, but we also don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. We 
have an idea of how our gut affects our brain, but we don't have solid evidence yet. So more research needs to be done in the field. Make sure that when you are Google searching and looking at things on like Huffington Post and BuzzFeed that Mm. you're looking at an accurate source of information because there's a lot of misinformation out there and honestly there's a lot of garbage on the internet too. So if you are trying to get to the root cause of your gut issues, make sure that you're looking at reliable sources where you can identify the author and they're an MD or they are a registered dietitian and someone who knows what they're talking about rather than pulling stuff off the internet and trying it yourself and getting into the situation where you just continually take foods out of your diet because you read something on Huffington Post. Yes. That is such a good lesson even for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I see all of these little, all the articles, they just pop up and they flood your inbox and your Instagram and all of this stuff. But trying your best to be educated, not influenced, I think is... Uh, a really important like thing. Yeah. Be educated. educated not yeah, That's definitely. Good. Words to live by, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paula. It's been really great. It's interesting to talk about these things because I encounter it all the time. Yes. In this field, I'm always being asked about food. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, guys, this has been a good resource. If you are interested in anything food-related, Paula's your gal, (laughs) and I'm going to ask her. uh, So submit your questions, and we'll see if she can help you out. Uh, These are just all skim-the-surface things. Of course, we always encourage you guys to visit your doctors, talk to the professionals, um, but we're going to hopefully give you a place to start, something that you can use to then talk to a professional. Yeah. Uh, because you do have to be kind of your own healthcare advocate. In this world, of this day and age, you have to il- know a little bit about yourself, know what the options are out there, because it's not all just our doctors. Right. We need to help them. Yep, and if something doesn't feel right or you don't feel right about something, finding another opinion. Yep, mm-hmm. second, third, fourth opinions. I know people who have... That definitely benefited from talking to multiple people. All right. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Grace. I'm Paula. And we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 